0: This week on Farmers Inside Track, we share a guide to vermiculture farming, a big term for cultivating earthworms to use in composting. Davidso Tijengeni, animal scientist and Zimbabwean vermiculture farmer, shares a few tips to get started.
1: Gert Gevenstein, a retired Chief Resource Conservation Inspector at the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, joins us to talk about one of the worst swarms of locust outbreaks, we've seen in Mzanzi in decades.
0: This week, our Agri 101 segment features Nicole Schoen, who believes in balance. Her products contains all natural plant-based ingredients and are created to make people happier and healthier.
1: And our book of the week is Off the Clock by Laura van der And our Pharma Tip of the Week comes from Zama Shongwe, who is the Finance and Business Director at the Boucher Pharmacy's Academy.
2: This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs.
0: Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to episode 111 of Food for Zanzi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. To our newbies, who hopefully got here via our farming network, I'm Dornumdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food for Zanzi. And my co-host is Duncan Masiwa, Food for Mzanzi's Head of News.
1: Hey Dawn, listen, it's the month of love. And I know for so many of Mzanzi's farmers, farming is their first love and often said to be the labour of love. Now, to show you our love, we'd like to invite you to sign up to our Farmers Inside Track Academy. Yes, you heard right. We're launching a series of workshops called Farmers Clinics to get you up to sprinting speed. Make sure to check out www.foodformzanzi.co.za for more details. All right, back to business. First up, Nicole Ludov chats to Davidso Jujengeni, who's an animal scientist and Zimbabwean vermiculture farmer, who shares a few crucial tips on getting started.
3: Thank you so much, Dawn and Duncan. Davido, can you tell us a bit about your background?
4: I'm from Zimbabwe. I rest in which is the capital city. I practice my agriculture in Harare and a little bit of background about me is that I started doing agriculture since 2010. That's when I started learning agriculture in high school until I finished, which was in 2016. Then going to college or university, I majored in animal science, which was agriculture still, until I finished in 2019.
3: What are the essentials needed to practice vermiculture?
4: If you are going to practice vermiculture, what are you going to use the compost for? Because for you to be interested in vermiculture, there's supposed to be a need. It's number one. Number two, we are talking about having space or ample space which you are able to do your vermicomposts. Basic knowledge about vermicomposting or how to take care of worms. You also need to have the waste material so that the worms are able to munch on that. So, the general tips for newcomers who want to do a vermicompost number one, you gotta have basic knowledge of vermicomposting. Number two, you gotta have a space in which you're going to do your vermicompost. Number three, you need to have the waste which you are going to be degrading or the waste which is going to be degraded by the worms.
3: Do you have any tips or general pieces of advice for newcomers?
4: the biggest challenge is to do with vermic composting is to do with the amount in which you are able to harvest at any given time this is directly linked to the size of the bin the number of the worms and also to the amount of waste which you can have so if you're doing it in a small area or in a backyard it means after six months, your harvest is directly linked to the size of the bean. If your bean is one meter, you might have it just 50 kgs, of which this is over six months of doing composting.
3: What are some of the challenges you encounter within the vermiculture industry?
4: For instance, I practice vermiculture on a backyard level. I've got a garden, I've got tree seedlings, I've got pipe garden. So it means that those crops, in terms of nutrition, they are covered But what? because I am using my family compost. I don't look for external fertilizer or external organic manure because I'm using what? My compost. Number two, I'm able to recycle waste, which would end up in a dumping area. And that is, some people say, waste is gold. So that waste has got nutrients. How do I make for that I recycle those nutrients? It's through practicing of vermicompost. So I think the biggest reward of practicing vermicompost is able to own your nutrients or you're able to own your cycle of the nutrients and make sure that you're always recycling them and reducing the amount of waste or the amount of nutrients which go out of your house.
3: Lastly, what are the benefits or rewards that come out of practicing vermiculture?
4: The best worms to use are the red worms or the Estonia fetida. Why? Because these worms have got a voracious appetite, they are able to consume three-quarters of their body length in a day. So when someone wants to get into a vermiculture, the best worms to use are red worms or esniafetida.
0: Thanks, Nicole, and great having you, Davito Tizengeni, animal scientist and Zimbabwean vermiculture farmer. We now switch things up from worms to the brown locust outbreak. Now, the Eastern Cape and the Northern Cape provinces are seeing its worst swarms of locust outbreaks in decades, disseminating thousands of hectares of crops, leaving behind barren fields and devastated farmers. Now, Geert Trevenstein, retired Chief Resource Conservation Inspector at the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, joins us now to unpack this, and better yet, to figure out how you can protect your farm. Farmers are really fearing for the worst amid the brown locust outbreak in different parts of the country. Are we fighting a losing battle? What's happening here?
5: Normally locusts hatch in the central Karoo and then migrate to other provinces where the, the huge damages are being done. If we control locusts, we try to control them in the, in the upper stage, and that is also in the breeding areas in the northern Cape. The government... Currently, taking responsibility for locust control in partnership with farmers, which works actually very good. I don't think we are fighting a losing battle because we do have controllers in every district that control the affected areas where the need arises.
0: Now, on a practical level, is there anything farmers in particularly rural towns can do to better prepare for the locusts?
5: I haven't mentioned that the government currently may use of a commando system. On a practical level, what the farmers can do is they must find out who are their district locust officers. So how this works is that in every district where locusts, especially in the Northern Cape, sometimes it moves out to other areas and then we extend our employment. In each district, we have a district locust officer with controllers that assist him and help him control locusts. So if the farmers knows who these people are, they can phone them immediately and report the swans. That will help the controllers quite a lot.
0: Now what are some of the implications for agriculture production in Mzanzi? Are you worried that it might affect food security?
5: Agriculture production won't really get affected by the locust. If no control being done, then there will definitely be a detrimental impact on the environment and crops. But as I said, we are using a commander system and it works quite well. We've got all over operators, DLOs, equipment ready for any outbreak that comes. There is currently a medium outbreak, I would say, and we are close to finish that up.
0: Now, although the chemical control measure has been the most successful means used in many countries and over the years, It has also been greatly criticized due to its detrimental effects on humans, animals, and biodiversity in general. What is South Africa's approach to this?
5: Currently, we are making use of chemical control because there's no other economical viable way to control locusts. We do know that chemicals have a detrimental effect on humans and animals, even your insects, mostly insects, So insecticides or chemicals that we use is synthetic pyrethroids. We concentrate on specific species, especially cold-blooded species, so it won't harm any other animals if the application is being done correctly. The agriculture department or the government have ongoing training through locust outbreaks. So where the need arises, people are trained to apply chemicals correctly and use the equipment correctly. Therefore, I think currently it is the only way really to control locusts, environmentally friendly way that we can apply insecticides.
0: And of course, it is a global problem and we've seen how locust outbreaks have led to famine in some parts of Africa. What does the future hold for us? Our government has accepted
5: responsibility for locust control as long as they accepted the responsibility to control locusts in partnership with, with farmers, locusts in our country will never leave us without or will lead to mine as it does in some part of Africa. So I'm very positive for the future that locusts will be controlled. There's also people that is experimenting or research new ways of control locusts. We all know that locusts is food for a lot of People, animals, if you prepare them correctly. I'm very positive for the future that locusts in our country won't be a problem.
0: Absolutely great having you, Geert Grevenstein, retired Chief Resource Conservation Inspector at the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development.
1: Next up, our Agripreneur 101 segment features Nicole Schoen, the founder of EcoDiva Natural, who believes in all things balanced. Now, her products contain all-natural plant-based ingredients and are created to make people happier and healthier. Thanks so much for joining us, Nicole. Tell us a bit about your business.
2: I started Eco Natural because I had to heal my own skin and my health. I was living in L.A. for about six years and got very, very sick. And part of that sickness... Within my whole body, I also developed hyperpigmentation and acne and bursts of eczemas and psoriasis. Like my entire microbiome and my whole system was completely out of balance. I had to go for a lot of tests and discovered that I had very, very heavy metal toxicity, so heavy metal poisoning. You can die from it. So I was very, very ill and had to bring myself back to health and back into balance, and I did it 100% naturally. EcoDiva is really about my healing journey back to health and vibrant, glowing skin and a happy life. The products really speak for themselves as they all contain superfood, plant-based ingredients. So EcoDiva Natural is a clean skincare brand and when one says clean it should mean vegan, cruelty-free, 100% natural, organic, kind to the environment, so eco-friendly, containing absolutely zero toxins or adverse toxic nasties that many skincare and personal care products contain, which is how I got sick and got the heavy metal poisoning. A bit about the EcoDiva manufacturing process, we use only 100% natural ingredients, plant-based. All our products are manufactured in an eco-certified soil association best practices laboratory and it's all locally made in Cape Town. Every area of the business, from the packaging to the ingredients to the boxes, are either glass or biodegradable or recycled plastic that can be upcycled. I've also launched a new range under EcoDiva called Fresh. And Fresh is spelled with a pH because it's all about balancing the skin pH, as EcoDiva is. But Fresh is a really fantastically affordable, multi-purpose, multi-use skin care and hair care range, really, really amazing, which has launched into Mr. Price and on Take A Lot and through Superbalist and through Faithful to Nature. And we're going to be rolling out a lot more retail outlets this year. Humans can rest assured that we truly believe and live our ethos in every single way. We've been running for seven years
1: What are some of the challenges you face in your business and what are some of the more rewarding aspects, would you say?
2: Just getting people to understand how natural products work and they work so much better than big conventional products that contain preservatives or sulfates or parabens or chemicals that don't align with the skin's molecular structure. We don't believe in skin types. People have been told they have oily or dry or combination skin or they have a skin condition like pigmentation or acne or rosacea or psoriasis or eczema, whatever a condition is. Those conditions or skin types are because the skin is out of its pH balance. Getting that education across to people is a challenge because people have been taught that certain products do certain things when really the skin is a natural microbiome. It requires certain hydration, certain exfoliation, certain cleansing, and if it's aligned with the right plant matter and plant structure that matches the molecular structure of skin, Real magic happens. Like so many of our customers are just delighted with our pigmentation solutions, our eczema solutions. So, the range balances all skin conditions and skin types back to natural pH. And natural pH means you just have gorgeous, glowing skin every day. That's why I don't believe in skin types because I know they can be balanced. And we have a formula for it, and it works, and it's magical. It's an exciting thing to be able to share with people. It makes me very, very excited and grateful to be able to be here and share it.
1: What keeps you inspired or motivated?
2: The most rewarding aspects in the business are customers' feedback. Seeing people's lives change, of seeing people's skin change, of seeing people's happiness levels change. That to me is everything. I love it.
1: What are your five top tips for aspiring agri who may want to follow in your footsteps.
2: Just believe in yourself. Plants are medicine. Plants heal. You're doing the right thing. You're living in the light and you're creating happiness and you're creating health and you are creating a kindness revolution. So five tips are just go for it. Believe in yourself and also question everything because we're being fed lots of misinformation. So question everything and find your own Proofs and step into your own power and just go for it because we all have that capability. You just have to step into it and you just have to believe in yourself.
1: Thanks so much for joining us, Nicole Show. And she's, of course, the founder of Eco Diva Natural.
2: Now, before we let you go,
0: our book of the week, as chosen by farmers, is Off the Clock Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done by Laura van It's a concise guide on how to change how you think and plan your time in order to feel that more may be accomplished this week. Caroline Sampson, Head of Strategy and Sustainability at Access Bank South Africa, reviews this book for us.
6: At the start of a new year, many of us have a long list of resolutions. But then reality sinks in that we need more time to do all these things. In off the Clock, Be Less Busy While Getting More Done, time management researcher Laura Vanderkam considers our perception of time and how that changes our interpretation of what we can accomplish. We all have 168 hours per week, yet some busy people consider that as enough and always seem to have sufficient time, while the rest of us wonder where we can find more hours in the day. Flora argues that one should start by knowing how you spend your time to identify obvious time wasters which can be consolidated or changed. An interesting finding is that we perceive time more positively if we do something different on a day. At the end of the week, all the days may blur into each other, except the one evening where you may dinner with a friend. It is also effective to break unpleasant things down into very small time increments. You can get through the next two minutes of your exercise routine, and those small bits of time add up over time if done consistently. Off the Clock is a concise guide on how to change how you think and plan your time in order to feel that more may be accomplished this week.
1: Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's Grain-Filled Chickens, proudly South African and mouthwateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens, the or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Thanks, Caroline. She's, of course, the Head for Strategy and Sustainability at Access Bank South Africa and, of course, a regular contributor here on Farmer's Inside Track. Now, remember, if you'd like to review a book or perhaps you have a book suggestion of your own, feel free to email us on info at foodformzanzi.co.za. But before we let you go, this week's farmer tip comes from Zama Shongwe, who's the Finance and Business Director at the Buhle Farmers Academy. She highlights some of the new farming trends that you should explore.
7: So in the beginning, you sort of like, I only need this much information, I only need to know this much, but also train for the next stage of your farm. So whether it's farm business management, whether it's logistics, whether it is adding a new commodity, you know, there are courses that are available. You don't even need to leave your farm these days. You can do this stuff online. So do the training that is necessary to get this across. I want to emphasize the use of apps for marketing, whether they are local or international apps. Have both. The international one might have a lot of information that is not necessarily suitable for your particular environment and where you are growing, you're raising your particular commodity. But on the other hand, it has a lot more information. And then do a local one. And then partner that with your data. So when you're finding out that certain commodities are more needed at certain times of the year, for instance, you know, going back to the COVID example that I made, you will know that after people have been home in December, the number of COVID infections increases. So by January, February, we see an uptick in infections. You know, you want to make sure that based on last year, that you are planting things like gingers and tumerics, et etc., that can be harvested at this time. So use the apps as new marketplaces, use them for marketing your goods, And also just then catering to the new consumer needs, which would be, they want to be able to buy locally, they want to be able to buy food that they trust in terms of the health and the phytosanitary conditions that exist there. And they also want to be able to to get the goods quite quickly. So can you deliver overnight or locally? Now, the thing is water management. We are a a water-scarce country, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Use, again, information that you've gathered historically to be able to understand the weather data will help you from spraying, irrigation, harvest periods. You will know how much water you need to use and therefore it'll be a saving for your farm. So use the data to help you in your particular environment to help you grow your farm.
0: And our Farmer Tip of the Week by Zamo Songwe, the Finance and Business Director at Boothle Farmers Academy, brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food from Zanzi. Now for more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and really beyond to feed South Africa visit foodformzanzi.co.za, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And don't forget our weekly sessions on Twitter spaces called Gathered to Grow. If you have any suggestions about topics we can cover or things you'd like to know more about, also pop us a message. You can also email me at dawn at That's
1: right. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members, and fellow farmers. And be sure to also check out our sister's publication called foodforafrica.com for inspiration and news from across the continent. But for me, Duncan Masiwa, Don Umdu, Nicole Ludov, and our producer Megan Vanderfent and the rest of team Food from Zanzi, have a great week.
8: Corteva is in it for farmers. For good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind, with 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with the best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, Our on-seed-applied technology on farm crop protection, digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability. Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. Our motivation for creating effective, locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa. Growing progress, enriching lives, now and for generations to come. Corteva, keep growing.